So you want to know about the first thing. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The First Thing here. Oh, I'm almost back, got back into that old habit. Nevertheless, folks, we are back with another episode. The regular season is in the books. Week 18 just wrapped up. I posted my year in review using photos on TikTok, and that shit blew up. I'm sure y'all have already seen it, whoever's listening to this. If not, go ahead and check it out. It's at F-L-O-R-E-S-S-911 on TikTok, the first thing on TikTok. What are we going to do today is we're going to break down every game from week 18. And as we do that, I'm going to give my final thoughts on each team. Because for most of these teams, about half of them, a little over half of them, this will be the last time we see them for a couple months. So I will be giving my final thoughts on most of these teams and, you know, thoughts going into the playoffs for the for the few that made it. The first game I want to talk about, we got Chiefs versus Raiders. The Chiefs defeat the Raiders, and my oh my, is this a great game to start off the podcast with, guys. I mean, cut back to back in March, my second episode, my second or third episode on this show, back when we were just getting started, I sat here in the same spot and told y'all, we're talking 10 months ago, I told y'all, I said, the Las Vegas Raiders the 2022 Raiders are going to be the best team, the best roster. And I said that because on paper, everybody was saying this team was immaculate. I said they were going to be the best team to ever go below 500. And then I said they go 6-11. and 11. Folks, no need to fact check me on that one. You're just going to see that I was right. The Vegas Raiders go 6-11 and 11 on the nose. And you know what? They have the 7th pick in the draft. They did the smart thing by benching uh, Derek Carr in the final two games of the season. So honestly, I think maybe the worst is behind them. I've said this for a long time and I'll say it again. It, it was a curse. It was the best. It was the worst best thing to ever happen to the Raiders with getting Derek Carr. Because he was able to provide stability in the sense of mediocrity for almost, for about a decade. And they were fine. They were trading water. They were content with that. Always pushing the goals to next year, next year, next year. Finally, a backbone has been grown. And they're ready to face the problem in the eye and move forward as a franchise. Right? I mean, I talk a lot of smack about Derek Carr. But at the end of the day, he's not the worst quarterback. And he's also not a bad guy. So I'm sure he's going to get a shot somewhere else. But it's just not... A winning formula here in Vegas. They've tried time and time again with countless coaches, GMs, front offices, the defense, the O-line. Everything has changed around this franchise except for one player. And I mean, I was just early. I was early when I said it was enough was enough. It took y'all a long time to finally come around. Some of you have still not come around, which is beyond me. Nevertheless, folks, I truly do think the best is yet to come. Well, obviously, I mean, the best has never came for the Raiders in the past decade, two, three decades. But you catch my drift. As for the Chiefs, they secure the one seed. No controversy there. Respects to DeMar Hamlin. He just got a... What's the word when you get dismissed from the hospital? He got blank. Fill in the blank there. From the hospital earlier today. So he's doing well. The way the NFL handled it was the most fair way they could have gone about it. Let's be honest. The Chiefs probably would have ended up in this position anyways. So that's fine. The road to the Super Bowl will go through Kansas City, will go through Daddy Mahomes. I expect them to be there. 
Titans versus Jaguars, the ultimate collapse from Team Titans. They go from like the one seed in the AFC to out of the playoffs, not even winning their division. And it's a weak division at that. Ryan Tannehill, his time in Tennessee might be up. This Tennessee window was a super, super short one because they went from Marcus Mariota, who is young and getting older, to Ryan Tannehill, who's already at the end of that career. And then you have Derrick Henry, who's a running back at the end of his days. The defense is playing all right. They sputtered at the end of the season. Their window is closing. The window is very small. And it's hard when the team is centered around Derrick Henry, a running back. It's really hard when, I mean, you traded away your best receiver in A.J. Brown. Traylon Brooks was on and off. Robert Woods was never really himself. So you really had nothing but Derrick Henry. I'm interested to see how Mike Vrabel will pivot. Because, you know, this is going to be a, a tough offseason going into this one. Brown Steelers, ladies and gentlemen. The Steelers somehow, some way, you know, I... I I let you guys know when I'm right, and I let you guys know when I'm wrong, and I'm partially wrong here. The Steelers did not make the playoffs, but they did end up having a winning record. And I said on the show a couple of a uh, couple of episodes ago, you can go back and try to find it. It's buried in the middle. I said, you know, this was the first season Mike Ta- Mike Tomlin was faced with a true challenge, and you know, at the midway point, it looked like he was folding. But you know what? Props to Tomlin. He did what he needed to do. I mean. It's kind of the same situation where it's just mediocrity. I mean, nine and eight, eight and eight, uh, nine and seven, eight and you know, before we had a 17-game season, he's not—he hasn't been great. But at the same time, he hasn't been terrible. And you know, that's a feat in himself. And I think he's getting his flowers, so I won't give him any flowers. As for the Browns with the Sean Watson, what to do with a man with a fully guaranteed contract that plays like shit? I mean, what to do? The scenario is horrific. He's not playing well. He's making key turnovers. He's not finding the ball well. It's just not a great situation. I don't know what they thought they were going to get, but a man that took almost two years off, like, what did you expect? I don't know. I don't know who's rooting for this team. I'm definitely not. And it's just so funny because every offseason up until this one, everybody was so optimistic of what the Browns could do. Everyone that wasn't a fan of the AFC North. All the other Bengal fans, Steeler fans, Raven fans, we knew what was up. We knew this team was never serious. And I think everybody else is starting to finally catch up with that. Vikings, Bears. The Bears lose. We'll get to what the Texans did later. But the Bears secure the first overall pick. And we'll get into this when we talk offseason in our offseason episodes, man. But this right here, this offseason is the offseason of the Chicago Bears. Let me tell you why. Very rarely... Does a team secure the number one overall pick and already have a quarterback they feel fairly comfortable with, right? It's not something that happens too often. Now you might be saying to yourself, but what about last season? The Jaguars got the first pick that Trevor Lawrence. Now here's the difference between the two off seasons, between the two draft classes, right? Last year was a very, very poor draft class. The only rookie QB taken in the first round was Kenny Pickett, and he did not play tremendous this season. He was all right at best. This, this year, however, the draft class... We have some players, right? Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are set to be first-round picks. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are set to probably go in the top five. So what will the Chicago Bears do? I heard some people saying, well, don't sweat it. There's Will Anderson. There's Jalen Carter. They're bound to take them. I agree. They are bound to take them. I doubt it will be at number one, though. They will more than likely trade down. Who will trade with them now? They now control the entire offseason. Let's start with the draft. Everybody's boards shift depending on what the Bears do. Everybody's boards, at least in the top 10. Once you get past there, everything will kind of work itself out. You can kind of realize the top 10 guys are going to go. It's just which team. 
but for the top 10 teams, and you know what? It could have further ramifications. We just don't know yet. A trade is going to be made, and it might not even be made till draft day. Think about that. We might not know who truly is going to pick at number one until the Bears are on the clock in a couple months. They control the draft. They have a franchise QB. They control free agency. They have the most dra- the most drafts. Excuse me. They have the most cap space going into this offseason. There's a lot of running backs in this class. There's decent DBs. It's not the most heavy class, but when you have money, you bet they're going to spend it. And here's the thing. I went on record on my TikTok once again, at F-L-O-R-E-S-S-911. The first thing on TikTok, I went on record when I was predicting their record. Once again, I said the Bears would have two wins. They got three. So that was months ago. I said that the Bears last season had one of the worst off seasons I've ever seen. They drafted a couple busts that I did not like. Their free agent acquisitions were poor. They surrounded Justin Fields with no talent on the offensive line. They gave him no weapons. We're not even going to talk about the trade they did this season for Chase Claypool. And then their defense is getting older, and they didn't really address that at all. So it was for those reasons why I knew the Bears were going to be ass. And look at what happened. Justin Fields had great performance after great performance, and they still lost every single damn game. That's because there was no team around him. But now you have, you're in a position with the number one overall pick that you don't necessarily need to use. And the most cap space out of any team. You're in a position to build this team. You just have to build it the right way. You have all the pieces. The the world is your sandbox. And with that being said, my next rebuild on Madden is most definitely going to be the Chicago Bears. I can't wait. As for the Vikings, I had a friend say, you know, there's a couple of uh, storylines in this playoffs. He said, um, the Eagles need to silence the doubters. Not quite sure how many doubters the number one seed has, but I will tell you which team does have doubters. These Minnesota Vikings. Last season, they lost all the close games. This season, they won all the close games. It's been iffy. They lost a couple of weird ones. When they looked bad, they looked really bad. There's always this cloud hanging over Kirk Cousins, this looming cloud of can he perform when the lights are on. This team has the most to prove, in my opinion. Patriots versus Bills. The Patriots had a chance to get in. Thank God they didn't. Did not want to see a Patriots playoff game. I mean, it's just bad football over there. The Bills, what an insane game with the storyline of DeMar Hamlin. I mean, you, you're you lying if you say if you said, excuse me, you are lying if you said you did not get chills during that first kickoff return when the camera panned to Josh Allen. He just had his hands on his head. I mean, it was a, it was a mirror image of what he looked like on Monday Night Football, except the face of terror was a face of joy and disbelief. Uh, Demar Hamlin was watching the game live, tweeting. Like I said, he's been, he's been, what's the word, man? He's been discharged. Jesus, he's been discharged from the hospital. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, the Bills Mafia feels like they may have gotten screwed. I think, you know what? You really can't be mad about it. It's a situation completely out of anybody's control. Just roll with the punches. The NFL did the best it can. And you know what? If they end up playing the Chiefs, it's going to be at a neutral site. So there's that. They are probably the Super Bowl favorite right now. Jets, Dolphins. That was a cool game. I mean, the Jets start the season the way they end of the season. On the backs of Joe Flacco. Where will Joe play next season? That's a storyline we should talk about. We'll probably get into that in a future episode. But the Dolphins sneak in, man. 11 points with Skylar Thompson is all they need to get into the playoffs. If this team does not have Tua Tungvalu, 
under center, this team is not a problem. We won't have to worry about it. I mean, even that so, they're going to be playing. I mean, people are very quick to write the Dolphins off. But like I said, if Tua Tungvaluwa ends up playing, this is a team that beat the Bills this season. The Bills do not have many losses this season. One of them was to the Dolphins, so watch out for that. I'm not saying upset alert. But I am saying, I mean, it would be very, very, very ironic if the if the Dolphins went back to Buffalo. They played two close games. They won one. They lost one in the snow. That was a great game, Josh Allen. A really good performance. It'd be very funny if the Dolphins go up there and shut up the haters playing in the snow. Buccaneers, Falcons. The Buccaneers rested their players after like the first quarter. I mean, Tom Brady in the playoffs. If you guys, once again, plug in my TikTok, I did weekly power rankings. If you read the description of those power rankings, every week it felt like I was saying, don't sleep on these bucks. Even when they're in the bottom, like 20s, 20s, 16s, right? I was saying, man, this Buccaneer team is going to find a way. In this shitty AFC South, they're going to find a way. And once they're in, they're in. Everybody's record is 0-0. 0-0. Oh and, oh. zero zero. and then it's Brady. How are you going to bet against Brady? I mean, the NFL schedules are are not stupid. They're on Monday Night Football for a reason. Bucks versus Cowboys, the way we started the season, is probably the way we're going to end this season. I mean, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have yet to beat Tom Brady. Ever. Ever. And I don't think they're going to break that curse just yet. Panthers, Saints, and we're not going to really spend too much time on this. The Saints are looking to wheel and deal Sean Payton, of all people. They need to worry about their own problems. They really have no quarterback identity. They have no team identity. Their defense is as old as dirt. That's a team that's looking to rebuild from the ground up. As for the Panthers, I mean, Sam Darnold showed a little bit of something, except for that last game. He was pretty horrible, so I don't know if that's going to leave a bad taste in the Panthers' mouth. Will they like to go elsewhere? I don't know. I know people in Carolina want Wilkes to stay as the head coach, but I know the office is, you know, obviously filled in all offers trying to see who wants to come and coach this Carolina team. Texans, Colts, I mean... What in the world? The Colts do themselves a favor, making sure the Texans don't get the first pick, and in return, securing the number four overall pick, and possibly being able to trade up for the Bears. Because I'm telling you right now, the Texans would not have traded with the Colts at all. They would not have even picked up the phone. But now the Colts do have a chance to leapfrog the Texans and secure the number one overall pick. That's something I think could be very likely. Would they trade a DeForest Buckner? Would they trade a Michael Pittman? I think there is a player package deal with the number four raw pick the, the Colts can put together to, you know, leapfrog the Texans and take this first overall pick. As for the Texans, I mean, Levy Smith, there has to be banners going up for him about, about him in Chicago. He did the Bears a huge favor, and in return, he got fired as head coach of the Texans. No surprise there. The Texans, I mean, well, they have like four new coaches now in the past, like four seasons. It's ridiculous. But you know what? All they got to do is hit on their draft pick. They got the number two pick. Maybe they'll end up trading back up to the one with the Bears. I know the Bears are going to be open to that. Cardinals 49ers. Brock Purdy in the playoffs. I mean, it was Trey Bust. It was Yimmy Yi. Now it's Brock Purdy. Unbelievable. As for the Cardinals, it's time to blow it up. They fired Cliff Kingsbury. He's a sacrificial lamb. Honestly, I think Kyler Murray is more of the problem. The man's been so consistent. And I will never... It just doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm going to say it here for all to hear loud and clear. If Lamar Jackson, yes, I'm bringing it up. If Lamar Jackson had that offensive line, not saying the Ravens is bad, but you know what? The, the Cardinals have had some decent offensive lines. If you had the weapons, Hopkins, 
Hollywood, Zach Ertz, AJ Green, you got Rondell Moore. They they got James Conner. I mean, if these weapons were in Baltimore, I mean, look at it. I mean, Lamar Jackson is already a better quarterback with worse weapons, at least in the wide receiver room, than Kyler Murray is. It's time to take Kyler Murray out of this conversation. And they fired Cliff as a, like I said, a sacrificial lamb. The blame is all on him, man. His blood is on your hands. With that being said, I think it's time to blow it up. DeAndre Hopkins is like 30, 31 years old. He does not want to be a part of a rebuild, so he needs to be traded to Baltimore. I'm going to start it right now. He needs to be traded to Baltimore. Let what I said come true, right? We have Rashad Bateman. He could be our Hollywood Brown, whatever. He's slower, but you know what? He's more physical. Give us Hollywood Brown. See what Lamar can do. Hollywood, Hopkins, excuse me, Hopkins, Bateman, Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and that freaking defense. Let us go to work. As for the 49ers, let's see how far can a defense really take you. I mean, the offense is going to have to put up points. They've been doing so, so far. But you look at their schedule down the stretch. It's been kind of Mickey Mouse. They had a close game against the Seahawks. And ironically enough, that's who they're going to face in the first round. Expected to be more closer than you than you expected? Expected to be more closer than you expected. We're going to roll with it. The Cowboys put up a shitter against the Commanders. No, they were not benching their starters, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is why I think Tom Brady is easily going to move out of the first round. The Cowboys are a joke. Dak Prescott has looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL the past, week, uh, past month and a half. I mean, it's just not being talked about enough. He's been a subpar quarterback, worse than Derek Carr, for a month and a half now. Riding the coattails of a defense that's been getting worse by the week. I think they got complacent, folks. Not a great look. They're going to do what the Cowboys do best come playoff time. Rams, Seahawks. What a dramatic thriller. I will be honest. I was not rooting for the Seahawks simply because I wanted more stakes in the Sunday night game. Nevertheless, give it up to Geno. He earns himself the final playoff spot. Who would have thunk it? Ladies and gentlemen, it is the quickest... It is the quickest rebuild in NFL history, the Seattle Seahawks, and they still have a top 10 pick thanks to the Denver Broncos. And as for the Rams, man, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but Sean McVay, there's reports that he might be out as head coach. I think it's so cowardly, man. He's the youngest coach in the NFL. He got gifted a great team. I mean, he already had great pieces, and then he went out with Les Snead, the GM, and basically just bought a ring. He said, forget the future, literally, infamously, F them picks. Who cares about the future years? Let's just go all in now which is something any team could freaking do. And then you ask the question, then why doesn't any team do it? Because look at how hard it is to manage a team for the next decade when you've you've ruined their future for one season. The NFL isn't over. It's going to continue on and on and on. But not for Sean McVay. He gets to walk away? When the going gets tough, he, gets, he just gets to dip? Go and take a commentator deal? It's so cowardly. I have no respect for him. He's if, if I'm a Rams fan, I don't know how I'm defending this. He's leaving you guys out to dry. I mean, I guess you guys get to reap the benefits of that one ring. I mean, it's gone. We're already moving on to the next ring. As fans, you, you're not going to stop watching football after one season. Sean McFay apparently is going to stop coaching. But you're not going to stop being a fan. And you're going to have to deal with the ramifications of what they did their bot ring for years to come it's unbelievable go seahawks though giants eagles man the giants are in the playoffs they rested their starters they let the eagles seemingly get the number one seed they put up a fight at the end and i'm saying this now i think the eagles i mean it's a pretty easy one, one and done i mean i don't know i don't know what they're going to do come playoff time they've played their worst football 
in the late weeks of December, early January, and that's not where you want to be playing your worst football. Jalen Hurts, if you were actually watching the game, hopefully my resident Eagle fan was, and I'm sure he was. If you pay close attention, man, Jalen Hurts didn't look like himself. He really didn't. He looked off. He looked uneasy. He looked like the injury was still bothering him. He said so himself that he was his worst enemy when this injury happened. He should have pulled himself from the game when he got hurt, but he didn't. And he's playing noticeably different when the most important games of his career are coming up. I mean, nevertheless, he definitely proved himself. He's going to get that long-term deal. I remember in the start of the season, Philly was like, this is a prove-it year. I mean, they were ready to move on for him. They were ready to, for him to give them any reason to move on. But he didn't. He secured his job. As for the Giants, everybody's comparing this run to the Eli Manning run. I mean, that would be insane. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, the magic just doesn't feel like it's there. Very happy for Danny Dimes. I mean, this is another team that this was a prove-it year for the quarterback. I mean, if Daniel Jones, I don't think anybody going into the start of this season thought that Daniel Jones was going to be the starting quarterback going into the next season. But I mean, I think the, the Giants kind of have their hands tied now after giving him a playoff berth and not playing horribly. I think he earned himself another deal. I hope, hopefully, it's a two or three year deal, nothing too big. I don't want them to to get locked down to big numbers long term. That could be a mistake because I don't know if this year was a fluke or not. You know, sometimes things go your way. I mean, Danny Dimes was good, but could you be better with another quarterback? Maybe, probably. But I think for now, they kind of have no choice but to stick with them, especially, if he, especially, excuse me, if they pull off an upset against the Vikings. Chargers, Broncos, not much to say here. I mean, it was a close game for whatever reason. I will say Brandon Staley, even though they finally made the playoffs. I mean, this is Justin Herbert's first time in the playoffs. Can you believe that? Finally, he makes his first playoff berth. Everybody was trying to crown his ass. He's having, he hasn't proven shit yet. And I don't want to put the blame on him, though. How do you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback and this is your first time in the playoffs? It comes down to Brandon Staley, the coaching decisions, the leadership, right? Everything surrounding this team, it falls on him. Why did he have his starters out there in a meaningless game? They could not move up or down. They could not. They played in the late window. They had the benefit of seeing the outcome of all the games. They knew that their destiny was already decided. Yet they walk out Mike Wilhelm, he gets hurt. They, they walk out the defense, they suffer injuries. It's just unexplainable. I really, I really don't get it. I mean, playing for a drive, um, a quarter maybe, like the Buccaneers did. But I, I don't know what Brandon Staley is thinking. I think he's in way over his head. I honestly don't believe he's ready to be an NFL head coach. I just don't think so. He just gives me Matt Patricia vibes. He gives me Joe Judge vibes. He's just not ready yet. What did Devontae Adams say this season um, to Patrick Sertan? He's not ready yet. He's not there yet. That's Brandon Staley, unfortunately, folks. I, I am not bought in. I mean, I, I'm trying to plead my case for Justin Herbert. I don't want to put the blame on him. He had an off year, an extremely off year. And I just don't want to believe that he is not who we think he can be. And it's like a reverse situation from what we got going on in Arizona. I want to put the blame on the coach. Last but not least, a heartbreaker in Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. The Detroit Lions play upset. They had nothing to play for, only pride. But you know what? They're one pride over there in Detroit, aren't they? And they defeat Aaron Rodgers in what might have been his final game as a Green Bay Packer. In coming up episodes of this show, I will do a deep dive into this QB carousel. I know y'all are eager to hear my takes on where everybody will end up next offseason. Or next season, excuse me. But for now, I just want to relish on the season that we did have. And the fact that that could have been 
the last time we see Aaron Rodgers in a green jersey playing in the frozen tundra in front of the fans of Lambeau. And to lose the way he did to Detroit and company. The fact that they clawed their way back. The last episode we had on this show, I was breaking down the playoff picture. I barely mentioned the Packers. I said they have a chance, but it's not realistic. They're out. I lumped them in with the Raiders. There's a difference between the Raiders and the Packers. One team got to Aaron Rodgers, and he almost made it well the way back. Fell short. This Lions team, I think everybody's a Lions fan. A little bit, a little part of them is a Lions fan after this season. From Hard Knocks to Dan Campbell at like 1-9 saying that he smelt something. He said, I'm, I'm starting to smell something. At the end of the season with a winning record, man. The end of the season not making the playoffs due to a tiebreaker. This team is special. And they, they have a, a great core on defense that needs to get better. Right? They're raw. They have some pieces they need to add. The offense is explosive. Jared Goff. I don't, I don't know where we stand with him. I don't know where I stand with him personally. But respect for making the best out of the situation. He was living it up. Ironically enough, he was on Hard Knocks a couple years ago. Living it up in LA. To seeing him in Detroit, man, just putting his head down and going to work. It's truly remarkable. Dan Campbell. I mean, coaches that don't make the playoffs usually don't get coach of the year. I won't be surprised if he gets a couple votes. I don't know who's going to be under center. They'll probably stay with Goff for one more season. That's my guess. And just like that, the 2022 season is almost done. We just got a couple games to play, about 13 games, 14 teams left, one champion. Who do you guys got? Who you got? You know who I'm going to say. I got to say him. I'm not going to say it, though. If you know, you know. You already know. I know you know. That's why I'm not going to say it because I know you know. Guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of The First Thing. I really appreciate all the support. One season down, countless to go. We're past 20 episodes. We're part of the elite one, one, top one of top 1% of all podcasts out there. We've made it past the threshold. Let's see how far we could push it, man. And it's a double episode. We're posting a double episode because I missed last week. Technical difficulties here. Now that I'm not at Titan Radio, I was struggling. Decided to, you know, chalk it up. So I'm posting two episodes. We got this one breaking down the NFL IRL. The episode coming up that you guys are probably going to listen to next. That's our fantasy episode. Breaking down the whole entire fantasy season. Season fantasy season. Anybody that's listening to this up to this point, go and click on the next next episode, bro. I don't know why you aren't still listening to this, bro. All right, we're going to cut it off. I got to go. Thank you. That was the first thing.